Well, hello, dear friends. Welcome back to Come Follow Me with Fair. We are on week 30, if you can believe that, of this little project. 30 weeks, here we are. Um, faithful answers to New Testament questions. My name is Jennifer Roach. We are going to talk about what is an, what even is scripture. Like, we talk about this thing called scripture all the time. What What is it? What do evangelicals mean by that? What do Latter-day Saints mean by that? kind of some ideas on how to talk about the differences as you probably know we're going through the come follow me readings we're we're almost done with the book of acts we're almost to romans if you can believe that time is just flying by for me um just trying to help you understand your evangelical friends or family a little bit better so that's what we're doing here um and i think this is the last time i will get to remind you about the fair conference august two through four in provo Utah. Um, or you can register online and stream for free. Um, you do need to register though, fairlatterdaysaints.org. I haven't even told you about half of the stuff that's going to be presented on, but it's all extremely cool. But the the last one I really want to tell you about is Dr. Abraham Shannon, and he will be speaking about um Book of Moses. If you have listened to my conversion story, bunch of episodes ago i don't know what i don't know what number bunch of episodes ago you know book of moses is the very first latter-day scripture that i read i read that before i read the book of mormon so book of moses is real special to me and dr shannon um he's a professor at byu he is going to be talking to us about his research on the book of of moses so i'm real excited about that um my talk will be Friday afternoon, I'm doing two things. One, um, presenting my own original research on um, rates of sexual abuse in different churches. This is one of the very, very vexing questions for people who care about this topic is, what's going on in, in the various churches? We hear about the Catholic Church a lot. We hear about some of these other things, but there's there are not easy ways to get at a number that says we can assign this much abuse to to this church and this much to this church. I actually found a kind of a clever way, way with some research help to get at one way of answering that question. So I'm going to present that research. And I'm also going to address some of the most frequently asked questions about abuse in a church context. Stuff like, why don't universal background checks work? Why or how can they sometimes cause more harm than good? You will want to tune in and hear all about it if you care about children um, and keeping them safe. It will be fascinating. Okay, so today we are going to talk about scripture as a concept. And we get our jumping off verse from Acts 17.11. says, Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. For they had received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. So what we have here, um, a group of Jews, they're living in Berea. Um, Berea is in modern day Greece. Paul and his group have gone up from Jerusalem. They went into modern day Turkey for a while. They've made their way over to Greece. Um Berea is right next to Albania, uh, just south of Serbia. 
Geography is really important. You can't understand history without understanding geography. You cannot understand theology without understanding history. So there you go. That's kind of, kind of the part of the world that we're at today. Paul arrives with his group. Their normal practice is they go to the Jewish synagogue in the city to teach people that they find there to see if people might be interested in hearing what they have to say about Jesus Christ. Um, he, he finds that the Bereans were very eager to listen and willing to actually investigate what he was teaching them. And it's a really interesting point when we're talking about what is scripture, because the folks that he was teaching, they were Jews still. So when the verse said, they examined the scriptures to see if what Paul said was true, it, it they weren't examining the New Testament. It didn't exist yet. Even if it had, it, the New Testament wasn't their scriptures. That is not what they would have been examining to see if Paul was true. They were examining the Old Testament. Probably the first five books called the Pentateuch. Um, but probably this is, that probably includes like the major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, the minor prophets as well. As well. Those are the 12 small books at the back of our Old Testament. So Paul is teaching them an entirely new concept about Jesus Christ. And they were able to look in the Old Testament and verify that what he was saying was true, and they find it to be so, and they convert their faith into Jesus Christ. Now, you know the Old Testament does not talk all that much about Jesus. It's not like the Book of Mormon, right? Like, you you got to search real hard to find Jesus in the Old Testament. Um, you know, Latter-day Saints kind of frequently roll their eyes and wonder why they can't just get back to the good stuff where Jesus is mentioned on practically every page. The, the Jews in Berea didn't have any of that. But they were able to understand what Paul was saying enough to interpret the Old Testament in a new way. They believed the Old Testament was their scriptures, and they're being asked to add a companion to that, what we now call the New Testament. But those are two very, very different things especially in this early era where the New Testament is not even actually written yet. Paul is teaching his way, to, teaching it into writing, as it were. Um, but they have scriptures, and they're being asked to accept some new teachings or new scriptures. So it's kind of an interesting question when we're talking about evangelicals. Um, this is the task of all early Jewish converts, they have to take the scriptures that they love, the Old Testament, and use it to verify the teachings of the New Testament. Now, most people today, even people who have impressive academic credentials, might struggle to know exactly where to look in the Old Testament if that was all they had and find that Paul's New Testament era teachings were true. Like it's, it's actually pretty impressive that they were able to do this. And in doing so, they opened themselves up to accepting these new scriptures, the ones that were being written as they were doing it, right? So Latter-day Saints would see this as a model 
or a precedent for how people in kind of standard mainstream Christian church today might have to look at what's in the Book of Mormon and compare it to what's in the New Testament. Just like these Berean Jews had to compare the New Testament to the Old Testament of what's happening right here in front of us in the Book of Acts. Um, the Jews are doing this and they're called noble for doing so. So it brings up this question of what what is scripture? How do we accept new things as scripture? Like what in the world is going on with all of this? And it gets tricky when we're talking about this with evangelicals. And I want to explain why and what their thinking is behind that. Because um, it can be a frustrating conversation of a Latter-day Saint might say, well, the scriptures say, they want to know, what do you mean by the scriptures? And what are you calling scriptures? And and honestly, Latter-day Saints use that word very loosely, the scriptures. And evangelicals have an incredibly precise definition of what they mean by that. So let me, let me give you an illustration. My grandparents and my great-grandparents they were cattle ranchers in Northern California. They had, I don't remember, a couple thousand acres or something, and they managed herds, and, and that's what they did. They ranched cattle. And if you got a big, giant property like they did, went over a whole mountain, um, there are a couple ways to manage a herd like that, right? You've either got to make sure that you have got some really, really good fences around every single square inch of that mountain so that the cows cannot escape or you have to let the cows kind of help you out a little bit meaning that if you make sure those cows have access to the resources they really want like water or a food source they are naturally going to make their way back to the center of that property to find the thing that it is that they are longing for and looking for. They're going to find their way back. You don't even always need a fence to fence them in, right? Um, you can let them go where they want, knowing that their need for water or food or whatever it is, it's going to draw them back in. So we get these two kind of different cow philosophies to get it to stay where you want it to stay. You can cage it in some real good fences or you can kind of let it police itself, knowing it's going to come back because it finds some good stuff, right? I can roam all at once, um, but it's going to keep coming back to you. And and our two different approaches to scripture are a little bit like that. Evangelicals, all all Protestants, Catholics too, they have taken the like cage it in approach. They have got some real high fences around what is allowed to be called scripture and what is not allowed to be called scripture those fences have moved over time <laughs> some books of scripture have been in and then they're out and then they're later back in but the concept remains that they've always got a, a high fence around it it is it is well defined for them the question that they're really worried about in in doing that is something like how can we protect Sort of the small amount of text that we have been given by God. How do we treat it sacred? How do we protect it? How do we adhere to it? How do we respect it? And their answer is cage it in with fences. Latter-day Saints take the absolute opposite approach in some ways. Instead of asking, how do I protect the small amount I've been given? We ask something like, 
how can I make sure I'm able to receive anything that God has for me? Right? That the the fence is is wide open. Um, we have applied this question to kind of what is and what is not scripture. The best way that I can think of to compare what both groups do in the case of an individual who wants a direct message from God, this is this is the best way I can explain it to you. Um, and as always, I mean, there's a lot of variety with how evangelicals deal with this, but for the most part, the vast majority of them would say that God still speaks through the Holy Spirit to individuals today. That is not a foreign concept to them. Those words can be trusted in as far as they are understood correctly by that person. But the problem comes if you want to write those words down and treat them like actual messages from God or actual scripture from God. Now, an evangelical would not equate a message from God and a scripture from God. Latter-day Saints tend to do that. Once it's written down and treated in this kind of this is a message from God way, they, they're standing at the edge of the fence saying, is this scripture or isn't it? And if it isn't, it kind of can't be trusted in, the, in their view. Um, an evangelical in, in a really, really, in a private setting in their own self and their family with people that they trust, they might be willing to say, you know, God really spoke to me. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. This is what he said to me. But very few of them, it, I actually, I actually can't even think of a, a single individual that I know in the evangelical world. Very few of them would go around and treat a message like that with the same trustworthiness as they would treat a written scripture. I mean, writing those things down and then treating them as scripture is super problematic for them. Those two things would be treated with radically different levels of trustworthiness with the, the direct message through the Holy Spirit to a person would be very, very, very skeptically skeptical skeptically treated. So compare that to how Latter-day Saints think about patriarchal blessings. See, if I knew how to edit, you wouldn't even know I stumble on that patriarchal word. So every Latter-day Saint is entitled to receive a patriarchal patriarchal blessing that is considered personalized scripture for them. These blessings are transcribed and recorded with the church, and and Latter-day Saints don't treat these blessings as, it's not fortune-telling, it's not um, to-do list, it's not step-by-step directions. Um, it is their own sacred personal, re- personal scriptures that they receive from God. Latter-day Saints consult these throughout their lives. Um, And we do our best to know that this is God being aware of us and of our circumstances and and caring about our lives. A a blessing like that is considered as trustworthy as any other scripture. It has to be understood correctly, and and sometimes that takes a bit of time, but that's also true of, of any other scriptures. An evangelical, they do not have anything comparable to that. They just, they just don't. They might 
get a word from God, but writing it down and relying on it as scripture is not how they manage that. So if you look at these two different approaches to scriptures, evangelicals have the very best of intentions here. They're they're looking they're looking to lock down what can be considered scripture in a way that makes the boundaries really clear. And that's an act of respect for them. It's an act of not trying to get ahead of God. It's an act of trying to stay really faithful to what they have been given. The biggest difference is they don't believe that they're they're not really open to receiving more, whereas Latter-day Saints are constantly hungry for more, willing to accept more, willing to, um, to, to really just listen to the Lord in a different way. Um, evangelicals do not take their stance. They're not trying to be controlling. They're not trying to be like limiting of what people have access to in terms of hearing from God. They're just trying to, to do this with respect. So sometimes we Latter-day Saints look at them and wonder, I don't, they want everything that God has for them. But that's not really how they think of it. They don't think that they're limiting things that God has for them. And and they they deserve the benefit of the doubt here. Their their motives are good. Um but Latter-day Saints just see it differently. We're not trying to fence in exactly what God gets to say or where he gets to go or how he gets to move. Um we don't limit the trustworthiness of things God tells individuals. Now, an evangelical right here is struggling because of the idea of, well, what if some individual gets a a message from God and they're out trying to teach this private message to, to other people, right? Well, God told me that our church should be blah, blah, blah. Right? Evangelicals would be very, very worried about that. Latter-day Saints have a lovely system of very carefully delineated what is actually in your area of responsibility who are you allowed to actually um sort of tell them like this message applies to you like a bishop can do that for his ward right a a mother can do that for her children um somebody down the street can't do that for my children right like that's not your responsibility that's my responsibility right so it's most people have a pretty easy sense of this, even when even when it, like it doesn't even have to be spelled out to them for the most part. The the whole idea of that confuses the evangelicals. They don't have anything that that's like that. They just get nervous around it. Um, I mean, this happened. This happens with Latter Day Saints too. But I mean, there's kind of this classic idea of like the little evangelical college age boy, and he gets a message from God that some girl is supposed to marry him. But she ain't got that message, right? And and he's just convinced and like he tries to pressure her into it because God told him. Um, like evangelicals hate that kind of stuff because and Latter-day Saints would too, obviously. Um, God could speak to that girl just as well. Um, but the idea of who are you allowed to receive revelation for just just freaks them out. Um, so sometimes um you know, we feel frustrated with them that they're not open to more. They feel frustrated with us that maybe we're open to too much. Um, 
there isn't really there isn't really a, a sense in our church of that's too much of God. That's too much Jesus. Like we don't really talk like that. Um, so we ascribe the word scripture to all kinds of ways in which God speaks. Um, evangelicals really struggle to even call the Book of Mormon scripture. Right. The first time I read through the Book of Mormon, I think I. I, I struggled to find a different word for quite a while to call it of these writings or the, these whatever until finally a friend was was just very frank with me and said, look, like this is scripture. We call this scripture. And my mind kind of exploded a little bit, but to to make to make the switch to the idea of like God still has stuff to say. Um and while we fence it in too tightly, like things get get limited they get weird um they would look at the book of mormon and say that is outside of the fence that we have already set up so we are not going to let it in and and i get where they're coming from with that but the reality is the bible and the book of mormon go together like the old testament and the new testament go together we see this in the berean saints here paul teaches them new testament information they consulted the scriptures they had the old testament and we're able to incorporate this stuff. This is exactly what converts to the Latter-day Saint Church are doing today. Um, it can be an interesting conversation with your evangelical friends to talk about what does scripture mean to them? Why, um, why are written revelations from God given a different level of trust, trustworthiness than spiritual re revelations to the individual? What's that like for them? Um, and also to be able to talk about what's it like for you to feel like God has all these things to say to us. And that that's really, that's really interesting and exciting. And certainly evangelicals are going to see some um, dangers in that. They're, they're pretty set up to see the dangers in that. Um, they might not be set up well to see the really, really good gifts in it. And, and you might be able to connect some of the dots for them, which is kind of fun. Uh, that is all I have for you today. Next week, we are in our last week of the book of Acts. Acts has flown by. We'll be on to Romans, which is super fun. We will not have nearly enough time in Romans, in my opinion. Um, but we'll get started on that. Please go and register for the fair conference if you have not yet, even if it's just streaming. And I will see you next week.